Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. All right, we're live. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, FightfulMMA.com. We got them all. It's Wednesday, <laughs> January 10th. It's time for The List and your boy, number 54? Number 54, Jimmy? Wow. Yeah, wow. suck that coffee down. Get yourself in a good mood. You were so pissy <laughs> off air. All I was doing was just just giving you some uh, some uh, commentary on certain numbers that I wasn't happy with. Sure. That's all. That's all I was and, doing. And the Usos. All I said was the Usos' real life personas suck on on Talking Smack. They they suck and they're an embarrassment whenever they're their real life selves. Talking Smack got canceled like six months ago. Yeah, but they did the thing at Fastlane. They did like a like a version of it after Fastlane, and the Usos were on there as themselves, and they're embarrassing whenever yeah. they're themselves. And that that's just well, a fact. You're never gonna see those idiots on Jimmy Fallon or on uh, Kimmel or on Conan O'Brien because Vince McMahon would never put those guys into a mainstream interview when they talk like they're 12. Like, it just wouldn't yeah. happen. I'm, I'm just being honest. So sometimes honesty, man, is the way to go, even if it's brutal honesty, right? Hey, sure. Yeah. I, I prefer that. Yeah. we got a lot going on, a lot in the news. We also have a lot going on at Fightful. Uh, if you all haven't checked it out, we did a lot of New Japan coverage last week. We did uh, 2005 Royal Rumble match alternate commentary. Also, we have a giveaway right now over on our Instagram Go over to Instagram.com slash Fightful online. You can get a free Fightful t-shirt. Like and repost, and you will be entered to win. The contest ends on January 16th. Fightful.com, or actually rather Instagram.com slash Fightful online. Make sure you follow as well. I'm going to say your hair is starting to look good, man. Is it? It's starting to. Wow. Nigel, is that a 180 or is that a 180? Yeah, that's... uh... It's starting to. So, So right now you look like Nigel from about six months ago? I'd yeah. say As it's starting to come along. You don't have the Billy Batty uh, ponytail going anymore, so that's pretty good. <laughs> Nigel. So <laughs> what? 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 I did about three minutes before we went on air, and I was oh, you took it out. 
Nigel goes, you know he's going to bust your balls. And I was like, ah, shit. Yes, I was. And this looks, so, this looks better, and it's also not soaking wet like you uh, like just jumped out of a pond. So it looks, you know, it looks good, man. Let's look, it's starting to get there. Are you jealous? No, I could. <laughs> see, here's one thing people, people sometimes, sometimes because I keep my hair short, people, especially after I first cut my hair, people will tease me and say I'm bald. I have a perfectly normal hairline, as you can see. And if I wanted to grow my hair out, I could. I choose not to. I like it like this. It's convenient. You should Sean. grow it out. That should be never gonna happen. <laughs> not, not never gonna happen. It's it's just too much work. Shame. So we should well, talk about something, Sean. So on talk about uh, a lot of yeah, there's a lot to talk about. So on uh, I think it was the Friday before New Year's, if I'm not mistaken, the Friday before New Year's, I was running errands that morning, and Sean Ross Sapp texted me. And he said, Jimmy, uh, are you going to the office today? And I said, yeah, I'll probably be in later. And you said, there's something for you. So he had claimed that he had gotten a second Christmas present, right, for me. The first one was uh, like Kentucky stuff. So there was like potato chips and jerky. And I gave that to Lindsay's team. So I gave it to Lindsay and Nigel and Melissa and that team. Then you said that there was another one coming for me. And I was expecting, okay, there's going to be like KFC coupons and uh, <laughs> Monster Energy drinks. We, and... We're not down with KFC here, man. KFC sucks. Okay, well, there you go. And I thought maybe, I don't know, cat food or, or maybe uh, uh, some microwave lasagna. I figured it was going to be something Sean Ross Sapp-esque. You outdid yourself, Sean. I did. And I actually had an ear-to-ear to ear smile when I opened this. I did. <laughs> And I thought it was it was good. So I've I've got this thing for the unveil today. And ironically enough, news dropped today that's related. So yeah, it worked out. So anybody that's listening to the show and not watching the audio or not watching the video, you might want to hop on YouTube later on and check this out. Here is the gift from Sean Ross Sapp to myself. Take a look at that beauty. <laughs> right there. The man Ed Nordholm. This is a little canvas. He got like a can. Look at this. It's a little canvas. This print. And you said you took it off social media. I tracked it down. You tracked it down. You went As on. As Matt his... Riddle says, I did my extra work. Okay, no, either his Twitter, his Facebook, or his LinkedIn. You got this photo it. right I there. I got it. And Ed Nordholm, for anybody that might be a new listener, Ed Nordholm was my whipping boy for 2017, and I fully admit <laughs> it, uh, because when it came to poor business decisions, he was the king of the of the mountain. This guy. So, I love that it, it almost perfectly matches up with the size of your head when yeah. you put it up. <laughs> we, get, we should get a we should get a screenshot of that right there, like that. And then you can say that you had him as a guest on the show, Sean. So there Phenomenal. you go. Phenomenal. Yeah, Phenomenal. Know. So I thought that was pretty, pretty, pretty cool. I like that. And uh, we should say along those lines. So Matt Hardy posted a tweet today. This is January 10th that we're doing this. And what was the tweet referencing that they've settled their issues over the IP? Yes, they have settled their issues, which is good because WWE had rendered that gimmick, just him laughing, and it sucked. I agree. It was not good. I, I didn't like it. Although I will say that if somebody pitched to me, hey, we're going to run a, an angle where just Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy laugh at each other, right. I could sit there and honestly say, I've heard worse ideas right. this year. So Okay, let me ask you this question. So now that they've supposedly settled their IP issues – what can he add to the character? Because Senior Benjamin was not under contract impact. His wife was not under contract impact. Clearly the kid, they can't do anything about that. How are they? I think that he was laughing Matt Hardy not because of IP restraints. Mm -hmm. I think he was laughing Matt Hardy because Vince McMahon doesn't know what to do with the character. 
That could very well be true. That so could, how, how is anything going to change? True. It might not. Right. I mean, it, it's at least another ripple that makes it a little more promising uh, of a possibility. I think what they need more than anything is are two things. They need Matt Hardy's creativity and they need Jeremy Borash because those were the two guys. I mean, they're those not going to the get guys. Yeah, they're not going to get Jeremy Borash. Borash. No, they're not getting Borash. No. Now they do have enough people involved to be creative enough and help them with things, but you have to let it be as ridiculous as it. That is the comic relief of the show. Is this this weird off the wall character, and you have to let it be whatever he envisions it to be mm. because i mean if you remember when that thing first happened people some people thought it was the worst thing ever in wrestling history yeah i didn't like it yeah it's and, not my it, cup of tea but but like i've always talked about that doesn't mean others can't like it so i'm not going to shit on people that do like it like the young bucks you and i were joking about the young bucks yesterday and i was joking around about if i saw them at the airport with other wrestlers i'd ask them to hold my bag so i could get my camera ready for the for the wrestlers I was joking with Sean about that. Yeah. But just because I'm not a Young Bucks guy doesn't mean that others can't be. And same thing with uh, Broken Matt Hardy. I just kind of yeah. questioned when I saw that photo with Ed Nordholm how it's going to make anything better because I feel like they've already damaged the character in WWE. They have, but I don't think it's it's been long enough to where it can't be repaired. Mm. That's, speaking, that's fair. Speaking of impact and repairs, they I don't know if you had this on your list, but switching from a six-sided ring to a four-sided ring. I did have that on my list. I saw that. Uh, I'm, I'm indifferent, to be honest with you. I, they, they did the four-sided ring before under the Hogan regime. Uh, went back to six. Now they're back to four. I don't know. I, 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 I saw something you posted about how, well, when it's a six-sided ring, it's a lot uh, tighter. The ropes are tighter, which makes sense. The angles, I agree with you, are very odd when you're like doing an Irish whip in with a guy. He's got to really focus for that corner when it's yes. a six-sided ring. So I agree. It's, it's, you know, it's more traditional. I just wrestling think... schools don't usually teach you how to wrestle in a six-sided ring, and that can affect things. Right. Uh, the first time I ever bumped in one, I didn't ever want to bump in one again. It was, It's really stiff. It's constructed a little bit differently. It's uh, a little sturdier, not, not from a positive aspect, but everybody I've spoken to in Impact thus far is elated that they don't have to bump on a six-sided ring again. And, I mean, when, when you have – footage from other promotions like when you got bcw and stuff like that mm -hmm. sending in their footage and they're running at a four-sided ring mm -hmm. just go ahead and do it i mean the gimmick's over like really okay are, are the two hundred thousand people who watch your show gonna leave because of the six-sided ring if so what the hell what's the matter the four-sided ring is easier to blend into things it's just when did you worked. when did you work in a six-sided ring i didn't work in one i bumped in one a local promoter had one he was a total money mark, and like I hate to use that term, but he really was. Uh, he bought one just to, just because he th to have. He thought he was going to run shows with one and stuff. He eventually sold it. He had it put up, and uh, it was not good when I hit the ropes. They were like really, really tight. And yeah. I've been in rings that have rope and cable, and this is like cable multiplied because it was such a short distance in between the turnbuckles. Right. It just wasn't a lot of fun, but. Right, right, right. Are the, uh, are the, wrestlers, are the, the wrestlers seem happy. Are the rope lengths more or less the same as the four-sided ring? No. Just kind of stretched out? No? Shorter. They are long? They're shorter. shorter? Yeah, they're shorter. Really? Much okay. shorter, yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Good for everybody involved, I guess. We'll see how the impact tapings go with the new regime of uh, Callus and Demore. It's going on for, what, the next six days, I think? Yes. So... We'll see how that all goes. Fightful.com. We'll have all the results. Maybe, maybe I'll be checking it out with Ed Nordholm over here. We'll see. Hell yeah, man. So uh, WWE Raw's 25th anniversary episode is in two weeks on January 22nd. 
Uh, going to be airing from two locations, Berkeley Center in Brooklyn and the Manhattan Center, which was the original location of Raw in New York. Uh, now, they're, they're announcing more and more guys for the show. A lot of them are what I would call the typical guys because, you know, whenever they do any kind of a old school show, there's a certain group of guys that are always on the show. Mm-hmm. And didn't they, what was the last one they did? Was it the 100th episode or something? Uh, 1,000. Well, okay, sorry, 1,000. And they brought in a lot of these same guys. Well, right? I think they actually did the 20th anniversary most recently, and then they okay. did Raw 1,000 right before that because they were like six months apart. Okay, okay. So previously they announced that The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler, John Cena, and Brock Lesnar were going to be there. On Raw this week, they did a video package that had additional uh, names in it. They had DX, which is Triple H... Sean, Billy Gunn, and the Road Dog. They had the APA, Ron Simmons and JBL, Ric Flair, Scott Hall, the Dudleys, the Bellas, and Steve Austin. Uh, the Bellas, I thought, was notable because that's probably going to pave the way for them to be in the Rumble, which I kind of expected. Uh, and now they've announced that the Godfather, and again, these are the guys that typically they'll have doing segments like this, the Godfather, Brother Love, the Boogeyman, Teddy Long, Ted DiBiase, John Laurinaitis, and Sergeant Slaughter are all going to be part of the 25th anniversary show, so... There you go. Pritchard was perhaps the most surprising to me <laughs> with his podcast and some of the stuff he's kind of put out there and things. Think but, so? I mean, he he didn't yeah. leave. Like, did there was no bitterness when he left, was there? Uh, well, it depends. He did a podcast about it, but I mean, like, you know, he was one of Vince's right hand men well, yeah. for a long time. That's and it. Yeah. All of a sudden, canned, and then goes the TNA. So. I mean, uh, it did surprise me a little bit, but good for him. I mean, you know, that that's what they do, though. That's what WWE does. Yeah, it like, did surprise me. Would, would they have brought him back before all this? I, I don't know. They wouldn't but, have like, had a need to. It's like the thing is, well, I mean, do they need to bring back the Godfather? No, well, no, but, but they he's, but he's one of those guys they always do, you know? You're almost better off just saying unfiltered what you think about WWE than just playing nice with them. Like, I saw so many people on, like, and, of course, I've interviewed some, too, that will try to play nice with WWE mm-hmm. when you know they either shouldn't be or they don't really feel that way. Mm-hmm. And then you never see them in WWE again. Mm. Never. But you have Kurt Hawkins who did, like, a timeline with Sean Oliver, and he was just calling them out for some of the stupid shit they did. And then a year later, there he is back in WWE, and he's not a big star, but he's back there. I mean, you think there's any chance that Vince just and, – and whoever the powers that be are aside from Vince just haven't even seen that stuff? Oh, Vince knows about it. About him, you know. about Kurt Hawkins doing a, a, oh, a shoot Hawkins. video? Yeah. I you meant Pritchard thing. No, 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 no. No, Pritchard no. Thing. no it, they probably don't have any damn clue. Yeah. I mean, some of them do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are fans of shoot interviews and podcasts and stuff that work for WWE. Right. Well, it's going to be very interesting. It's, it's, uh, I'm interested to see, are they going to put Lawler and Jim Ross at the Manhattan Center? And I kind of think they will. And I'm interested to see what matches go where. I'm, I'm guessing the Dudleys will be in the Manhattan Center because that's the whole ECW feel from that venue. I'm curious, you know, what matches they put on where. Uh, and we'll see what happens. There's also been a lot of speculation that Taker might come back from Manian again. And if, and if he does, maybe they're going to tease something with him and Cena because that's the rumor about those two guys. So that'll be interesting. Now, uh, this next thing glad, is... Sorry to interrupt. Glad it's only three hours. Man, yeah. that five-hour rumor... Uh, even David T's messaged me, and he's a machine. He's like, oh, this five-hour thing, can you check on that? And I was like, yeah. And WEPR got back to me, said it's three hours as normal. That would have sucked if it was five hours. Oh, yeah. So the, the, the event coming up that's your favorite, the Mixed Match Challenge on Facebook, 
I know you can't wait for this. You're a big fan of the format. It's going to be starting next week on Facebook, and they have now announced all of the teams uh, for Raw and for SmackDown. Um, do I need to rhyme them all off, Sean? No, you don't. There's a lot of them. We I have guess- a list on Fightful. I'll I'll mention the ones that are the most interesting to me. So I think that Bailey and Elias is interesting. Uh, I think Rusev and Lana is really good because you know I want them back together on television, so that's good. Jimmy Uso and Naomi makes sense. Um, I kind of feel bad for Shinsuke Nakamura. They put him with Natalia, so he's probably out the first round. Good for him. Um, Finn Balor and Sasha Banks is, I guess, kind of interesting, even though Finn looks to be turning heel, which we'll get to in a minute. Now, the one thing I wanted to mention was um, for Bailey's partner, they announced on Raw that there was going to be a fan voting, and it was Samoa Joe Elias or Jason Jordan, and the winner was going to team with Bailey in the, in the Mixed Match Challenge. Kurt Angle announced on Twitter on Tuesday that Samoa Joe won the voting, but he's not able to compete due to injury, and so Elias was going to team with her. When that news first came out, there were a ton of, re- of responses to Kurt Angle's tweet basically calling bullshit. And saying he was just on Raw, that's bullshit. They don't want him teaming with Bailey. It's it's a it's a, a ruse. But apparently, uh, Doctor Chris, well, Doctor Chris Bond from WWE says that he ruptured tissue under his foot during his match with Rhino on Raw and has to undergo an MRI. So it makes sense that they'd want to have him off the road yeah. that day, that extra day. He has plantar fasciitis. It's a thing that Dominic Cruz has dealt with. Um, it's not – he didn't develop it the same way Dominic Cruz did. Dominic Cruz has said that he got it, and it's something I, I had before too, and it's really – it's inflammation, and it's just – it's basically the heel and the arch of your foot. Like it's it's more of a nagging, annoying, really – like it's very painful, but you he could work through it. Yeah. But, I mean, better safe than sorry, yep, and I agree. maybe it is a way to get him out. But Dominic Cruz said he got it because he spent so much time on the shelf – not doing anything, letting his knee heal. Mm. But when he got back into camp, he went a little too hard, and his body wasn't ready for it. Mm. So uh, I don't. I've been told that Samoa Joe won't miss significant time for this, but he may miss a week or two, or just be on like backstage segments or interviews or something like that. Right. Right. Okay. And now back to Finn Balor. Um, is he going full heel? What do you think? I don't think so. I think they should keep him just as is, like a tweener seems, almost. He seems so comfortable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Despite that horrible backstage promo that they had those guys cut, uh, I thought that – I mean, even a horrible backstage promo that they cut was better than most of the things. Did you notice <laughs> Corey Graves' little Corey Graves' little comment he made? What was that? They traveled the world with the one goal to be, to be the elite. Right. Bullet Club reference there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they officially called themselves the Balor Club. Which yeah. is whatever. They got merch to sell, I guess. But. I guess. They could have done better than that, but whatever. So they, they call the themselves Good the, Brother Club is even better than that. Uh, that's up for debate too. But you uh, need everything, so No, I'm just I'm just, I just kind of I'm honest. You know, I'm honest about it. Uh, I will say this, I mean obviously for Finn Balor, you look at where he was last year. The guy was cowering on the mat like a like a frightened deer, having fake blood poured on him by Bray Wyatt. When you look at that and you look at this, I'll take this any day. Oh, you know? hell yeah. So good on him for that. He definitely looks happy when he's out there. Big smile on his face. Seems to really dig it. Him and Carl Anderson especially are really tight. Uh, and Luke Gallows, kind of on a uh, side note, I guess, he just announced today, January 10, that he's going to be heading up a new wrestling school in Jenkinsburg, Georgia, called the Good Brothers Dojo. And the fees are actually very reasonable for, for a wrestling school. Enrollment is 500 bucks. The monthly dues are 200 And you can email goodbrothersdojo at gmail.com for details. So... 
Good for him. He's married to April O'Neil, right? Uh, I don't think. Who? Luke? Yeah. I don't think anymore. Okay, okay, because he was, right? No, he was he was married to Amber Gallows. Or the the bullet babe. Uh, yeah, well, isn't her name wasn't her name Amber O'Neill or April O'Neill or something? Amber O'Neill well, wasn't April O'Neill. April O'Neill is in the fucking Ninja Turtles. Oh really? Yes. Amber <laughs> O'Neill then she was she was a female wrestler. His his wife was a female wrestler. Yeah, Cowabunga, dude. <laughs> of course, he knew immediately, right? Sean got that immediately. Yeah, she was Amber. It's whatever. Like, did he portray metalhead was he like shredder and i didn't know it like what happened oh, man he's gonna go on for 10 minutes about the ninja turtles nigel uh, 10 minutes about time. the ninja turtles it's a good time so let's talk uh russell kingdom 12 in new japan uh i actually watched the match kenny omega beat chris jericho they had almost forty thousand people at the tokyo dome um you and i talked a little bit about this so i thought it was a really good match i thought it was a a very different chris jericho from what we'd seen in wwe uh, very snug, very stiff, you know, especially a lot of the, the kicks and chair shots too. Uh, Jericho was a lot less PG flipping off the crowd and stuff like that. Uh, got blood in the match too. So I, I really, really liked the match. also liked how responsive the crowd was because typically the Japanese have the reputation of being quiet during a match. Uh, and they were, you know, they would ooh when Jericho put Red Shoe's son in the walls of Jericho. That's the referee's son, put him in the walls of Jericho. They laughed when he sat in the chair. When Jericho sat in a folding chair for a second to get a breather, they laughed about that. Um, and they applauded the lion salt. Now, I will say this, though. It seems like right now on the Internet, New Japan and Ring of Honor is the cool thing to like as a wrestling fan. And so when the show was over and when the match was over, I read a lot of the Internet comments and stuff. People were treating this like, like, a, like the second coming of Christ, this match. It was. I told you all that was missing was a baby in a manger. <laughs> you did say that. You did say that. That's literally what I said, yes. I, I thought to myself, it was a good match, but was it was it the greatest thing in the history of the universe? No, it wasn't. And there are some people who maybe aren't religious that would say it's the first coming of Christ. <laughs> maybe they would. Maybe they would. I, I mean, thought it was great. I rewatched it on Saturday, and yep. i, I got to say this. you know, I, I love the people at Access, but man, that... JR commentary with Josh Barnett was not anywhere in the name in the in the territory of Kevin Kelly and Don Callis. Really? I thought Kevin Kelly and Don Callis did such an incredible job. I thought that that match had a little bit of everything, and maybe because I tapered my expectations, I gave it such a high rating on mm. uh, my match ratings at Fightful.com. But I, I did. I thought it was one of the best matches I had ever seen. I really enjoyed it, I, and I think because of the versatility of the match, Jimmy is why I did that. Like. There was a brawl, there mm-hmm. were like weapons used, there was high-flying, mm-hmm. there were power moves, there were great counters, there was drama, there was blood. <laughs> Chris Jericho put Red Shoes' son in the walls of Jericho yeah. and screamed out, Look at your son! Yeah, yeah. Like, there were little things I liked too. Heel. I liked when Jericho, Jericho had the walls on Omega at one point and Omega grabbed the rope and the referee was condoning Jericho. Jericho looked at him and said, It's no DQ, you idiot. Yeah, stuff yeah, like I that think. I like. Now I, I will say this: I personal opinion. I might get heat for this. I didn't think Jericho was at his best. I didn't think he looked at his best. I thought he looked a little out of shape. Uh, I thought that Omega, Omega's an elite level talent, elite level talent, and I thought that Omega, unattended. huh? Yes, unattended, unattended. Yeah, unintended, unintended, Not unattended. What the hell are you Unin- talking about? Whatever. <laughs> unintended. No. The term. Not intended. Turtle power. Get okay. your head in the game. All right. But I uh, I thought that he kind of made up for Jericho a little bit. 
in this oh, matchup. Yeah. Not saying Jericho was bad. He wasn't. He was good. But I thought Omega kind of made up for him because Omega's just, he's just like, you know, upper echelon talent, that guy. And you that's, yeah, I think he knew that he was going to have to a little bit. So Right, right. Uh, I thought they delivered so well. There were some things that I didn't necessarily like, like red shoes being all extra. Like, I don't like him as a ref. Mm. And when Jericho had Omega locked in the Lion Tamer, Red Shoes is down there, like, in between the camera and Omega's face. You do not do that. Right. Like, he didn't realize. I know, but he um, should. Um, Somebody should tell him. And a lot of people were saying, well, why Why was there a count out and why was there a rope break? Well, no DQ doesn't mean you can pin somebody outside the ring. Once you are in the ropes, you are outside the ring. It would right. be like stepping out of bounds on a football field, right. something like that. That doesn't mean Jericho has to break the hold. And some people ask, well, why did he? Because that holding that thing is fucking exhausting. Right, right. Like a Boston Crab. That and long. he did hold it for a while. It's not like he released oh, it right yeah. away, right? And yeah, one, one other it. thing, I, one other thing I want to say, and and this is people are not going to like this either. Probably, I'm not a big fan of the one winged angel as a finisher. I'm just not. Oh really? Why I'm, is that? Uh, I mean, I th I thought it looked good when he dropped him on the chair for the pin. I thought that looked good. Problem is the setup of it, because uh, Jericho is actually up there like balancing himself. You know yeah. what I mean? And and I think he delivered it twice. On one of them, Jericho literally was holding onto his shoulders, like mm -hmm. to balance himself. And I was like, okay, yeah, wrestling's predetermined, and I get that. But now I'm having to kind of get out of my suspension of disbelief because I'm watching Jericho up there balance himself so he could take the move. So for that reason, I wasn't a big fan. I was watching that thing, and why? I realize it looks cool because he picks him up in the in, in the electric, uh, chair. electric chair. But you could do the same thing through a fireman's carry. It doesn't look I, as I was just thinking that. Doesn't look as cool, but it's it's just more fluid of emotion. You know? Yeah, I think I think the way that or at least my insinuation is that Kenny Omega wanted something of his own. And you know, I mean Chris Sabin, uh, tons of other people have done that that fireman's carry into right. the Michinoku driver type of thing. But right. Right. I mean there is always like a constant like, got to have your own thing, got to have something new. Because, I mean, look at Jay White. Jay White's getting a push in New Japan, and he's using the Sister Abigail. So Right. right. I mean, it, I guess that makes sense. I just, I'm not, not a big fan of that finisher. Now, something else we should mention is that, so Wrestle Kingdom was on a Thursday. The next night, they had uh, New Year's Dash at Corkin Hall, and Jericho made a surprise appearance on that, and he attacked uh, Tetsuya Naido. Uh, when you look at Fozzie's schedule, and I think you mentioned this on the show last week, when you look at Fozzie's tour schedule, they have an opening currently between March 16 and March 27. They have 11 days of no shows. New Japan has a show March 25, the uh, Strong Style Evolve show from Long Beach, California. Makes you think that maybe Jericho and Naido are going to have a match on that show. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, Fightful will have a presence there, and it uh, looks like we're going to have a presence on their Australian tour too. They're doing some stuff, and that's kind of cool. Uh, I really like that. Also, they don't have a date uh, during the first new beginning in Sapporo mm -hmm. show, which is which it's cutting it close because he's got to be in France the next day. And for all I know, with the time change and the difference there, it could be like a matter of four or five hours for all I know because right. I, you know, I'm not that I, I didn't read up on that enough, but I, I will. I, I like what they're 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 making an effort, and I like that they're making a real real effort, and they're doing things that they need to do. I think they could optimize New Japan World a little more for English viewers, but mm -hmm. because there is a real audience here that wants them. Apparently, they gained like twenty to twenty five thousand subscribers from this show alone, so that's that's good news. Yeah, they're doing a lot, and not only the Aussie tour. So the Aussie tour is February sixteen to nineteen. It's going to be four days, four cities. They're also doing the uh, Fantastica Mania tour with CMLL. 
out of Mexico. So they're everywhere doing all kinds yeah. of stuff, which is really cool. One other thing, not about, a big fan of the Fantastic Mania, but that's just me. That's just a personal thing because of the the style conflict. Is that why? Yeah, I mean it, it can work, but a yeah. lot of times there just aren't important matches on that either, and it's it's just kind of a bummer. One other thing about Jericho, I want to mention. Uh, normally, I consider him to be one of the smartest guys in the business. I consider him to be somebody that rarely does something that I consider to be ill-advised, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, on January 3rd, just before Wrestle Kingdom, he posted a piece of fan art on Twitter. Uh, it was a drawing of Jericho, and behind him, it looked like there were almost ghosts of Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit. And uh, there was a caption on the artwork that said, Hey, New Japan, we're back. Jericho wrote, I really like this fan art. I dedicate tomorrow's match to the Fallen Brothers. And as you can imagine, he got quite a bit of heat for that uh, due to calling Benoit a fallen brother based on not just Benoit's actions, but also how he died. So I was a little surprised that he, I guess, wasn't thinking about that when he posted that, but uh, that happened. I think he was thinking about it, but I mean, as he had mentioned it on Instagram stream, like he thinks about it every single day of his life. So, I mean... Uh, would I have done it if I were him? Probably not. But then again, I don't, I don't, I don't want to police how the man feels because I'm sure that for the last 11 years, it's been something that's really messed with him. And mm. I mean, it's it's a touchy subject. I mean, you know, I didn't, I never spent any time with Chris Benoit, and it's weird watching his matches. So mm-hmm. I saw a clip from you. Remember when Cena did the speaking tour in Australia? Yes. I saw a clip from that, and uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised because I thought it was going to be softball questions. So he was basically on stage, and the people in the audience would ask him questions. I only saw maybe a 10-minute clip of it, and I thought it was going to all be softball questions and a bunch of bullshit, and maybe most of it was. But one person in the crowd actually asked him about Chris Benoit and his stance on WWE's handling of it in terms of you know uh, being mentioned, not being mentioned, the, the network, whatever. And Cena addressed it very politically because Cena's trained on that stuff. So he addressed it very yes. politically, but he still addressed it. And I thought that was uh, thought that was good. Yep. Uh, as Aaron Hyden, one of our great feature writers, mentioned, uh, New Japan World needs to be on PS4. Yeah, it does. Fight Pass does too. Like UFC Fight Pass not being on PS4 like four years into their deal. That's that's weird. Hmm. Uh, also worth mentioning, Fozzie does not have tour dates set through the Australia shows. Okay. And uh, Jericho does like to travel, so that's always a possibility. And I don't actually see a date for Fozzie at the end of this month like I thought there was. I thought there was one on like at like the 28th or something, the night of Rumble. Royal Rumble or something like that. But I, I guess there's not, so that's open too. And obviously he's going to do something else with him, and Naito's a good one to do it with. So Can you imagine a- if he did the Royal Rumble and then two weeks later he did New Japan in, in Australia? Be amazing. That'd be amazing. Cool. Yeah, it would be. And that's and they were leaning. WWE was kind of leaning towards stuff like that a couple years ago with Samoa Joe. Right. And then he started to work some more ROH dates, and they were like, No, no, we're gonna sign him. Right. Right. Like they weren't gonna lock him up. They were just gonna have him come in. But that's also that's very very interesting. Uh, So New Japan ran their show on a Thursday. This Thursday, MLW's got their Zero Hour. It features uh, Matt Riddle, former Fightful.com podcaster. And many of you may remember Stokely Hathaway doing a run-in on the Matt Riddle show in which many uh, of our viewers looked at as one of their uh, most fondly remembered moments of our year. I spoke to Stokely Hathaway uh, for an interview. You'll see it in two parts here, but about why Matt Riddle is so scared of him. (laughs) 
I am joined now by Stokely Hathaway, who Fightful fans are going to remember for leaving Matt Riddle shook as fuck on the air, Stokely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty accurate uh, a description. That so, was that was he's not on uh, today, is he? That was ranked among the the most uh, I guess fondly remembered fightful moments of 2017. And rightfully so, rightfully so. You know, uh, I just remember the look of of um, I would say terror on like Riddle's face. You know, when he saw me appear, you know, that'll I think I'll be 80 years old and I'll still remember that moment. You know, to be able to scare a former UFC fighter, I mean, dude, it gets no bigger other than that. He clutched his championship belts when you appeared on the screen. Like, of course, of course. Like that, he knew that they were in danger. <laughs> that is the thing people can go back and look. Like he held on to them, like he was afraid he was going to lose them. Here's my question in relation to Riddle: You think he's going to book you on his big WrestleMania weekend show? I mean, you know, I called him out last night, and then I later learned that I was banned. Uh, from competing, uh, I think because he was uh, scared of me, you know, uh, knocking him out again. So um, I completely understand if he waves that ban, you know, like I'll be, I mean, I'll be down. Like, let's do it. WrestleMania weekend, all for it. I'm just saying, he he said it's definitely a possibility that I would get booked against people that I could absolutely beat. So anything's possible, as <laughs> as they say, as Kevin Garnett says. Now you're you're managing Loki at MLW Zero Hour. How did the uh, relationship with both Loki and MLW come about? Um, I mean, you know, I have to give all credit to uh, uh, Court Bauer. Um, I've been in talks with MLW since I would say probably I would say middle of um, last year. Um, you know, I inherited uh, Black Friday management from the late great Gary Hart and. Um, you know, low-key uh, was a part of that. And so, you know, now we're stuck in this situation where MVP, he has a debt to me. He chooses not to pay that debt. So, you know, when you, you know, when you make certain decisions, there are repercussions and consequences. And so his repercussions and consequences, you know, he has to go one-on-one with the legendary Loki. And I guarantee you at the end of that match, he's going to be so apologetic and sorry that he ever crossed me. So, that's how we got here. If you had to wrestle in one of the two men's gear, Loki's full-on suit or MVP's body suit, which would you least like to compete in? I think the body suit is probably a little uncomfortable. I mean, it's already tacky, so I would, I would, I mean, I would have to go with the suit. Is there anybody else in MLW you have your eye on? I mean, it's it's a lot of talented people there. I mean, Brody King. I mean, that's a dude who. I mean, you know, he like he took it to MVP uh, that last match that he had. I mean, he is um, a standout star. Of course, MJF, Maxwell, Jacob Friedman. Um, you know, it, it, Wheeler, uh, Yuta. I mean, it's a lot of guys there who are just you know at the top of their game, and you know that's why you see them in in MLW. You know, that's why you see them in other other uh, prominent promotions. You know. Those are the guys that are leading the charge right now. So I would love to have them in Black Friday management and the Dream Team or Cashpoint, whatever, you know. I just want to be, you know, a part of, of that future generation. So, yeah, lots of guys. It's pretty cool to see MLW back. I mean, they had, like, 
over a, over a decade away from promoting wrestling shows and other back, and they've just got all this talent on the roster. Like there's, it's loaded. Like you see people on there. Like either they were in WWE or you could see them in WWE at any given moment. There there's just so many. Uh, you kind of rose to prominence in Ring of Honor with Moose, who is now an Impact. You still keep mm-hmm. in touch with him at all? Yeah, I do. I actually talked to Moose. Um, I talked to him. I think it was a few weeks ago. Um, you know, we don't talk as often as we used to, but, you know, he's doing well. You know, he's at Impact. You know, he's very happy. Uh, you know, he's doing his thing. Um, you know, I'm happy that, uh, you know, he chose his own path. You know, like, like I say it all the time, there's – I. I truly believe that happiness is more important than money or, you know, like status or whatever. And, you know, Moose is like truly happy, um, at impact. And, you know, it's, I mean, it gets, I mean, it really can't get any better than that. You know, um, every time I talk to him, you know, he'll say, uh, uh, when are you coming around? And I'm like, I don't know, man, like I'll see you in Florida you know, when I'm there for, um, but, uh, yeah, he's good. He's really good. Why is it? Why is it that Matt Riddle is so afraid of Stokely Hathaway? He's just an intimidating figure, man. Did you see? Did you see the presence. video that I referenced? Like, it was in our best of. <laughs> Stokely pops up on the screen, and Matt starts grabbing his championship. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt was saying, "I'm speechless." Yeah, I'm speechless. <laughs> My favorite one is still Elias Theodora when you put him on the screen. Oh, yeah. And uh, and Matt Riddle was like, I didn't think you were going to pull up a stallion like that. He goes... He's, he's like, I thought I had this motherfucker in the bag. He goes, who's booking the talent on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So speaking of talent, Sean, let me ask you this question. Prior to this... How do I have so much of it? Well, let me tell you. <sighs> yes. So U-R-T-L-E power. So prior to this morning, prior to this morning, who did you think was going to win the Women's Royal Rumble, and has your opinion changed? You know what? I I didn't have an idea. Okay, you didn't. I didn't have an idea at all. And your opinion hasn't changed after this morning? Uh, my opinion, I, if I were to say didn't have an opinion, I would say I'm leaning Ronda Rousey. Right. Now, I am too. I want to be clear. I don't have any information that she has signed. I know as of last month, Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke hadn't. Yep. Obviously, Shayna Baszler is being positioned in a very big spot on yep. NXT. But Triple H does not miss SmackDown in Alabama yep. even yep. to be on the other side of the country just to catch up with somebody. Yep, I agree. And so in case anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, it was reported today, January 10th, by TMZ that Triple H missed SmackDown TV because he was in L.A. uh, meeting with Ronda Rousey and her agent. And I think it'd be one thing if he was just hanging out with Ronda Rousey because they've done that before, but her agent was at a dinner with Triple H. Uh, I saw that, and I thought she's going to be in the Royal Rumble. I mean, it seems pretty clear when you look at the timing. I don't know her status with the UFC, but if she doesn't plan to fight again, I'm sure the UFC has no problem letting her out of whatever contract she has. Dana White so, has often said he doesn't want people to fight if they don't want to fight. Exactly, and, exactly. Well, he also said something like, if she just retired, all this USADA stuff would be over. USADA didn't test her last year. Right. USADA doesn't, won't even tell us reporters who's in the pool, which I think is weird. Right. Like, they should, they should have to tell us 
Uh, maybe not half. They should tell us who's in the pool. Also, a must-watch interview, guys. Jeff Nowitzki of USADA on Joe Rogan's podcast was enlightening. Oh, yeah. But uh, that's neither here nor there. In my Fightful Wrestling Weekly this Friday, I'll expand a little bit on the Rousey thing, but I just don't think Triple H skips a SmackDown to go over there just to catch up with somebody. Also, I don't think that he goes out in L.A. and doesn't expect to be seen. You know what he, I'm well, saying? He, he got out of there pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, they TM, TMZ, he left the restaurant first, and he bolted for an SUV. All TMZ was able to get was, just, was a dark phantom image of him behind the, yes. you know, behind the windshield. He got out of there pretty fast, whereas Ronda Rousey's out there smiling and joking. You know. She's always like that, though. Like, yeah, yeah. People will ask her about WWE, and they'll be like, are you going to do it? And she'll say stuff like, well, if I told you it wouldn't be that fun if I showed up, then would it? Right, like, right. She's pretty i don't want to say completely transparent but she's pretty transparent yeah. about her willingness to do it yeah and i i think they won't announce it in advance because the whole pay-per-view thing it's not a necessity anymore people are yeah. going to watch it already on the network i don't think they'll announce it i think she would be a surprise entrant and i think that if ronda rousey is in the royal rumble she will win it i think and i think they're going to set up her and charlotte at wrestlemania so and that would be very I interesting mean, that's an interesting matchup her and charlotte i thought that charlotte from her nxt days should have been i to be honest, I thought that Charlotte should have got like the push that Asuka eventually got, which eventually Asuka did very well with. But right. I thought Charlotte had everything to be WWE's Ronda Rousey. She still she does. Had, yeah, and yeah, she's special. She yep. is very special. Yep. Which the thing is, they have a lot of special talent on there. It's just, man, the writing is so terrible. I agree. So I agree. I still look at Charlotte as kind of head and shoulders above everybody else. That's kind of how I look at her. So uh, that'll be very interesting. We'll see how that goes. How's our time? Okay, so what was it, a month ago or so, we talked about how WWE was going to experiment with a 205 Live tour, and uh, at the time, uh, we were pretty clear in saying it was going to be a tough sell. They even added, last minute, Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt as the headlining match on all three shows of that tour, even though they're not cruiserweights because they needed something to sell the show. Well, now they've announced that the first scheduled show, uh, January 19 in Kingston, Rhode Island, has been canceled. And WWE claims routing and scheduling issues. I don't buy that for a second. I think it was poor ticket sales. I think and WWE doesn't have routing and scheduling <laughs> issues. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe they could say, oh, Matt and Bray had to be somewhere else. I mean, who knows? But uh, I think uh, it's a matter of time before they cancel the other two as well. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, they're, Matt got they're coming up next space. week, right? Next weekend. Matt, Matt got lost in the space-time continuum, and he couldn't be there. He fell into the lake of reincarnation and couldn't make the show. You really like that character, don't you? It's fun. It's a lot of fun. And, yeah, you, you kind of saw this happening. I mean, it's something that you spoke about in a, on a previous episode. It's just – Tough sell, yeah. It's a tough, tough sell. Like the thing is you can fill up a thing maybe the size of, of a Le the Legion Hall in Rosita with <laughs> some people like that. But you also have to let them work like they would work in Rosita right. or else those hardcore fans aren't going to show up, and WWE doesn't do that. There's no reason for these guys to like go watch lesser stars water down their work. I agree. I actually – if it was me, the first thing I would do is I would eliminate the name 205 Live. That would be the first thing I would do because it's stupid. And then if they can get guys like Ricochet, if they because there's rumors about Ricochet and Will Ospreay maybe and guys like that. If they can get guys like that and if they let them work with the handcuffs off, then maybe in a year they can fill up. Because these buildings were only, what, 2,000-seat buildings, right? Then yeah. maybe they have a shot. But right now you're talking about a watered-down roster that are working the WWE style. 
and the cruiser weights is kind of the hardcore fan base is what they'd be targeting with that with that weight class. But this is not the real cruiserweight style of wrestling. This is WWE's version of it, and so uh, it wasn't going to work. It just wasn't, you know. Credit them for giving it a shot, but it wasn't going to work. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, although I will say, like uh, Barrios did a did a speech and he or a talk that Brandon Howard, one of our writers, kind of tweeted out this week. And uh, maybe I'll compile those tweets and put them in in some sort of article or something like that. But he said that they use their WWE Network and the geographic location to decide where they're going to tour NXT. And I think that's that's a very smart idea. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I get the feeling that that, those weren't the the highest, (laughs) the best uh, properties for 205 Live either. I don't think that... I agree. It's just... Yeah, they're actually doing they're doing a few shows in uh, Western Ontario later this year, so maybe Western Ontario is a spot where that likes to watch NXT on the network. I mean, who knows? I guess I'll mention I'm going to mention the Barrios thing now. Quick, I was going to mention it later, but I wanted to mention a certain quote from his thing. Uh, so this was at the 2018 Global TMT West Conference at the Bellagio in Las Vegas. Ironically enough, I was just in Las Vegas, so too bad I didn't know that he was there. Uh, but uh, Brandon Howard, as you said, tweeted his comments, and he talked about everything. And by the way, it's the CFO of WWE, in case anybody's wondering who the hell that is. He uh, he talked about WWE struggles in India. He talked about the network. He talked about how Raw and SmackDown are undervalued brands, because obviously that's smart when you're looking for a new rights fees deal. Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting, and I wonder what Nigel's going to think of this. So a year or so ago, he was quoted, and I, rec- I don't recall when. It might have been on a quarterly conference call. He was quoted as saying that WWE was no longer in the live events business. He said that they were now in the content business. And I personally thought that was a foolish thing to say, not unlike Ed Norholm saying he drew the short straw, right? Yeah. Because when you've got 50 guys on the road 200 days a year that are away from their families all but two days a week, and you want to tell them that you're not in the live event business, how do you think that's going to go for you, right? So I, I thought it was a stupid thing to say. During this conference this week, he said when he was talking about their struggles in India, He said, WWE, this is a direct quote. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We, meaning WWE, are the number two sport in India behind cricket. Think that's true, Nigel? You think India, cricket, WWE? What do you think of that? Like, where, where are they getting that from? Uh, from George Barrios, the CFO of WWE. Is there any numbers to back that? Or is no. That, okay. Uh, actually, yeah, the live know, event they had, the live event they had to cancel. Yeah, I was thinking. I bet you the, I bet you the YouTube views. I bet you that's what they're looking at is the YouTube. Really Brandon Howard, you listen to the show. Give us some context about where he got that from. I bet you it was the YouTube views. 
is where he got that from. Well, I can tell you that we are the number one live wrestling podcast that airs from both Ewing, Kentucky and Toronto, Ontario, Canada. <laughs> On Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> yes, sometimes at 3.03. Sometimes at 3.03, depending on Jimmy's if... late. I was going to say, depending on if Sean's on time or not. Yeah. So... <laughs> But I found that interesting because you'd have to be a moron to think that wrestling, pro wrestling, is more popular than soccer in India. Like, seriously? You know, like, it, they say things like that and it makes me question, either he's an idiot or he's just towing the company line to a degree that is now bordering on absurd. You know? I, w- I would agree. Like, that that was really weird. That was yeah, really it weird. was. It was. And that's the perfect segue. Nigel, let's go to stupid people. Awesome. <laughs> This is a stupid song, it just goes on and now. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. Awesome segue there, Sean Rossap. Yeah, I'm great at <laughs> it. Way to go, man. So, uh, TrevorStrong.org. Thanks for the rights, or not the rights, I guess the usage, whatever, of the stupid song. <laughs> Haven't asked them for the rights. Yeah, we should get those. But uh, I plug them every week, that's good enough. Yeah. So, uh, so there's that. Uh, once again, Sean... I got one for the Sean Ross Sap file, and I got to tell you, I could have had three this week, Sean, for the Sean Ross Sap file. That's how this world is, all right? I love it. Could have had three, but I'm I just... happy to be alive. I just picked one. So this first one, this was reported on January 7 by WHEC NBC 10 out of Rochester, New York. And again, people are sweethearts, and I say it every week. People are sweethearts, all right? <laughs> a man walked into a Subway restaurant in a place called Chile, New York, last Saturday night, and he robbed the place at gunpoint. Okay? Uh, guy was six foot seven, so not hard to spot. <laughs> okay, a six foot seven white guy, not hard to spot. Uh, here's what happened. Turns out he was a recent parolee, and it turned out that he was wearing a GPS ankle monitor. Oh, for God's sake. When the county's crime analysis center was doing their regular monitoring of the ankle bracelets for their parolees, they discovered that on Saturday night around that time, this gentleman was at that subway. So 32-year-old Adam J. Hedig, uh, he was arrested and he admitted to the crime and he's back in jail. Isn't that amazing, Nigel? That's... Every week I say how amazing. These these are real stories. These are real people. It's amazing. I'm I'm probably going to rock the boat here, but there is a person locally who was I, – I don't want to say convicted. I think it was of like negligent homicide, a big, big situation where a teenager died locally. And that person was looking at seven years after a plea deal mm-hmm. because uh, it, a series of events led to this death. And that person was given an opportunity to go seven years of probation this week. It was announced um, – Sunday that that person I don't want to say gender or anything like that was given this opportunity Tuesday they were back in jail because they violated their probation back in jail probably for seven years because they drank right how do you get this second chance and just do it now I understand trigtent.com system set up to fail got it I look at it like this I look like that like you can't avoid taking your GPS I look at it like this. So if you, you know, violate parole because maybe you have a drinking problem or something, I mean, yeah, that's dumb, but uh, I can almost, you know, find you've got a problem. When you're wearing a GPS ankle monitor as a parolee, 
Maybe you shouldn't rob a subway at gunpoint. Might not be the best idea. Right? Pat Fannin says, one of our writers says, Sean's talking about my hometown. I sure am. Oh, okay, hopefully the last name's not Fannin. <laughs> it's not. It's not. All right. This next one, uh, this person's last name might have been Sap. I'm not sure. But this was reported by Channel What's 6 News. What's that supposed to mean? Well, you're going to know in a minute. Oh, you're going to know. You're going to know. Why are you taking shots at me? Oh, you'll know in a minute. You got super sensitive because I was busting out ninja, ninja rap on you. But you know every word. You yes. know every word to that Vanilla Ice song. Every word. Every. You mean Ice Ice Baby? No. Oh. Ninja. Ninja rap. Oh. You know, it's the green machine. Gonna rock the town without being seen. Jimmy, have you ever seen a turtle get down? <laughs> well, they're slamming and jamming to the swing sound. It was reported by Channel 6 News out of Orlando on January 5th that a woman from West Cocoa, Florida, was in her car preparing to drive off so she turned the car on, she put it in reverse, then suddenly a cat allegedly jumped into the car and attacked her. <laughs> she decided to try escaping the cat by jumping out of the car, forgetting that she had put it in reverse, and she got run over by her own car. Oh. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Yeah. That is phenomenal. Do you have any relatives in West Cocoa, Florida? I just want to say that that cat is awesome. And pretty soon, like, I mean, if you, if you get that kind of a victory over a human, uh -huh. it's not too long before you're getting the picture backstage with Triple H shaking your hand. Sign that cat. You think it's possible that cat was in any way related to, is this Oliver? That's Melvin. Oh, this is Melvin. Okay, I don't know where Oliver is. He might be back there with Randy Savage, uh, Melvin's Virgil. Maysville, Kentucky. Ah, uh, okay. Well, there you go. This last one, this is one of the, for the Sean Ross Sap file. Go, Ninja, go. Reported by the Scottish Sun on January 5th that a 67-year-old man out of Douglas, Lanarkshire in Scotland had to be rescued after he decided to take Viagra <laughs> and then put seven curtain rings around his penis. <laughs> That's what you do, Nigel. Just, yeah, that's how you take Viagra. The man just wanted some privacy. He was setting up a curtain. <laughs> well, what he did was, because he's 67, he dozed off. Oh, no. And when he woke up, his penis was swollen and the rings were stuck. Then to make it worse, have you seen There's Something About Mary? Yeah. You know how Ben Stiller gets the penis, or gets the zipper stuck and the firefighters come and they can't do anything about it? Yeah. Right? Well, the firefighters came and they couldn't do anything about it. So they rushed him to the hospital, and they were able to get the rings off using lubricant. And I could—I can't believe no one else thought of that. They used lubricant, and they got the rings well, off. Well, my thing is, like, man, that's a ringing endorsement for Viagra. Because if, Pun intended? Pun intended? There you go. <laughs> if you can't, like, avoid having a boner when the fire department shows up. That's right. Like, I can't think of... <laughs> Anything less sexy than the fire department showing up. <laughs> yep. He had no... Yep. It's true. Like, yep. who's sitting there like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it works like that, man. I don't know. <laughs> the cat in that tree across the road. The fire department's going to show up soon. Let's see how this unfolds. Okay, I've talked about this before because I'm a fan of this movie. You've seen The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Of course, I love the movie. There's a scene where he took Viagra and he's calling Viagra's customer service or somebody's customer service, right? Yeah. They tell him to flick his testicle. <laughs> light a match. Put the ember. 
Ah, uh, there you go. Another good one. Uh, how do how do I segue back to pro wrestling? I'm going to try my best. Maybe because I'm segueing to the Miz. That's a nice little breather before I get back into 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 wrestling. So, WWE films. You remember they announced a while back they're going to branch out into TV, and there were rumors that they were looking to do a reality show with the Miz at the time. So, uh, USA Network, shock of all shocks, has decided to bring on more wrestling related content, and they're jumping on board. They're going to air a six-episode, half-hour reality series called Miz and Mrs. And it's going to feature the Miz and Maurice as they become parents for the first time. Uh, they haven't announced an air date yet, but I think she's due in March. So I, I suspect it'll probably be a Q2 release. So I love the idea. I think Miz and Maurice are great for it. And if Crisley is a hit on the USA Network, these two stand a pretty fair chance. I would yeah, you've mentioned that a few times. I don't know what the hell that is. Uh, you're lucky. Really? Last not ass. Oh boy, are you lucky? Yeah, I don't know what that is. You ever I heard make of sure that I changed the channel after Raw so DirecTV doesn't have me in their algorithm as watching Crisley Knows Best or else it'll start recommending that I watch Crisley Knows Best more. It's so bad. They and get the Raw know, as a lead in? Oh, well here's what they do. It's actually how I discovered Burn Notice back in the day, and how I discovered the Ultimate Fighter too. Uh-huh. They'll put these shows that they want to push on right after Raw, yeah. even if they're not new. And yeah, they'll do that. And I mean, you know, I've discovered many shows that way. Crisley is not one of them. Crisley had these annoying commercials forever, but The Miz has so much going on, like between other reality shows and TV and movies and wrestling and hosting things that I think a reality show about him could be a lot of fun. And I can't, man, hats off to that guy. I've always admired and respected The Miz because. If you just outwork people, you stand uh-huh. a pretty good chance. That's the way I've always looked at my type of situation, and I think it's the way that Miz looks at it because he parlayed the real world, Jimmy, into like five different reality shows, a uh-huh. WWE career, uh-huh. movies. Hats off to that. I agree, team. and I, I remember in Daniel Bryan's book he talked about when they were doing uh, the NXT. NXT initially was a, was like a tough enough contest. Sure. And Daniel Bryan talked about how he was paired with The Miz and, and the other wrestlers that were supposed to be the pros. They acted like, oh, I don't really want to do this, and it's like another day of work on the road and stuff. And he said The Miz was all about it. The Miz was like, we're going to make this the best thing it can be. So, uh, yeah, good for him that he's got this opportunity. Doesn't help, that doesn't hurt to have Maurice in there, too. Oh, it sure doesn't. So we'll see how that goes. So let me ask you this question. So you're growing out your, your wonderful little mane there. Yeah. And I know you're doing it for a good cause, right? Uh-huh. And aren't you planning on eventually cutting it off and, and it's going to uh, one of those cancer uh, hair charities? I would like to do wigs for kids based on how long I can handle it. It's got to be like, depending on where you're donating it, it's got to be a certain length. Yeah. Okay. So my question for you is, obviously you're doing this for a reason. And so it's hard to ask you this question based on that. But mm-hmm. let's say that you're growing your hair out just because you wanted a new look. Yeah. Right? And Nigel's playing with his hair as we speak, and he's like actually twirling it in his fingers while I'm actually having t- telling the story. And he just stopped. So uh, here's my question for you. What would you say would be your price to shave your head? Well, it depends. Like, uh, like as of right now? Well, it's, again, it's different because you're doing it for a reason. But let's say as of right now, or Nigel's hair is a little longer than yours. So what would be your price to shave your head? 
Oh, I man, didn't... I used to have ridiculously long hair. Like, this is nothing. Yeah? And people were, like, I'm talking, like, down to, like, my waist. Really? And, like, uh, people would always be it. like, oh, how much would... And I just, I was like, when I'm ready, I'll get rid of it. And right. then when we finally took it off, I donated it. Yeah. We got six 22-inch ponytails out of it. Really? Yeah. Good for you, man. Yeah. Did you shave your head or you just cut it? Uh, just cut it and then um, I grew it out again because yeah. I had, like, the man bun going for a while. Yeah. I donated that again and then that time I shaved my head. You shaved your head. You yeah. did. Okay. I, I know where you're going, the, the Sean Waltman thing. Sean Waltman and, thing, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's it's tough for me because, you know, I'm doing it. I had a friend who passed away and she had cancer and – she didn't have hair, and I remembered something that Matt Riddle told me. Like, it's so weird that a guy like Matt Riddle can say things so simple, and it makes you think. He's like, you should grow your hair out, because there's a lot of people who wish that they could and couldn't for many different reasons. There you go. And I was like, man, that's deeper than he intended. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it stuck with me. But, like, for right now, if, like, somebody came right now and said, shave your head, I would say, make it worth it so I can donate something right. to, right, like – financially to whatever it is as a wrestler somebody like sean waltman who's had long hair forever it's part of his trademark i don't blame him for putting a high price tag on it and I agree. Uh, like i mean to say oh would you cut your hair buzz your hair right now for the right price of course because let's be real jimmy i'm a whore <laughs> i'm a whore and what would be the right price sean i'm just curious what would be the right price <sighs> i'm thinking about it nigel you should yeah, probably go ten thousand. Ten thousand? You'd shit like bald. Mm, bald. I'd I'd buzz it. You'd buzz it like to the to the shortest possible, right? Yeah, but see, I mean, the thing is, and I've actually considered this about growing my hair. I got to think of ways. There are times I've had to put it back, like hide it, because I don't want to come across as a doof on air. We have our fun and all that stuff. Yes, it's very hard for you to do that normally. <laughs> well, I mean, I do like to maintain some semblance of professionalism. Like, I don't want to be this. The, Dave Meltzer's the straight man in professional wrestling journalism. Yes, he, is. he doesn't joke. He yeah. doesn't do that. I don't want to be that. Yeah, I agree. But I do want to maintain a semblance of professionalism because I, it is my career. So, yeah. this is a part of it. You and I have talked about this, and I, I have the utmost respect for Dave Meltzer, so I'm not. I'm not trying to shit on him, but you and I have talked about how as he's gotten older, he's turning into Rain Man. Like he is. He's turning into Rain Man. Like he repeats himself constantly and he cuts himself off mid-sentence. And But he's but I have a lot of respect for him. I've just noticed that as he's aged that he's changed. Yeah, I, I view him more as just the straight man in yeah. professional wrestling. And you got to have one of those. Yeah. you got to have one of those guys who doesn't I – mean, occasionally he'll do it. But you got to have one of those guys that just doesn't make jokes, doesn't make light of things. To me, I do things a different way and – I yes, you do, Sean. David. Absolutely, you do. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's tell, let's tell the story. So Sean Waltman on his podcast recently was talking about Triple Mania. I looked up the match. It was from uh, July 15, 2007 uh, for the AAA promotion in Mexico. He was in a six-man cage match that they, they called Domo de la Muerta, which means Dome of Death. And the person that was in the ring last, because they you know do things differently in Mexico, the person that was in the ring last had to get their head shaved. The promoter went to Sean Waltman and said, uh, what do you think about being the guy to lose the match? And Sean Waltman named the price 50 grand U.S. Well, he's based in the U.S., but 50 grand to get his head shaved. The promoter very wisely went with Kenzo Suzuki for five grand instead. So, and, and, and again, <laughs> Waltman Walt- said, like, Waltman said, get your money up front, buddy. Yes, he did. He said, get your money up front. Yeah. And again, I mean, I realized by then he was out of WWE by then, but he was still working the independence, and that was his trademark. So I don't blame him. 
but I thought that was interesting. Did you ever see where like he did a Chikara show and they had him run back the one two three kid gimmick? No, I did not. And, and he this was several years ago, but he busted out like the one two three kid offense. Too. Really, really, it was very cool. He shaved for it. And he everything. did. Like, oh, I gotta look that shaved, up. Yeah, he shaved his beard for it. It was really, really cool. And also, I thought it was really cool that he didn't think that he was like above doing that type of thing too. Right. Because you know he had moved on, and as cool as that gimmick was initially. He was a grown man, and X-Pac and Six had both had this success. But yep. uh, Sean Waltman's a very down-to-earth dude. I, I like him a lot. I've noticed, very, uh, very... I've noticed he doesn't even wear the do-rag every day anymore. <laughs> so. He actually – he helped me out with the <laughs> with one of the more colorful uh, quotes for my Brawl for All article. Uh. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I remember <laughs> watching his show – and I'm, I'm not a podcast guy, but I watched an episode yeah. because Matt Riddle was on. And I wanted to watch Riddle. And Riddle mentioned that he, at the time he was doing a podcast with you. Yeah. And Sean Waltman goes, who are you doing it with? And Matt Riddle goes, Sean Ross Sapp. And X-Pac goes, I think he reached out to me one time. Man, I should get back to him. Yeah. That's what he said. Well, he said he made sure uh, he's a very good dude. He, I wasn't getting the transcripts from his podcast like a lot of sites were. Right. And I just reached out. And I was like, hey, can I get these? I would I would like them. He made sure I got them because I didn't for the first couple of times. And right. he – went to the site checked it out and he said hey i just want to make sure are you getting these and i was like yeah i am or no i'm not and he made sure that i was so cool. uh well, a lot of him. respect for him for protecting his podcast too, making sure it gets out there yeah and he seems like a good guy and and i know that his, the podcast network he's on is owned by the husband of maria menunez uh menunez i'm sorry and I, but i love her i have a lot of respect for her so me too yeah, I hope she goes into the Hall of Fame one day just to piss off all those people that booed her and have Bob Backlund induct her. I hope so. That'd oh, be amazing. Great. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I just have a lot of respect for her. She's very such a big fan of wrestling and respects it. You know. So let's talk about virtual reality, Sean. I gotta admit, uh, I have only one time in my life put a virtual reality headgear on, and that was when I was in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And it was at some kind of, I don't know what it was, some kind of a museum or something. And they had a thing where you put this on, and it was kind of cool. But I'm not a big gamer. I haven't done the virtual reality otherwise. What about you guys? You ever done virtual reality? Just in, like, similar gimmicky situations like right. what you were describing. Yeah, and you, Sean? I had a video game system in 1995. It was the successor to the Game Boy called the Virtual Boy. And Virtual Boy, did it suck ass. Wasn't that red? <laughs> it was red, right? <laughs> Yeah, you could only play it like 15, 20 minutes at a time before you went blind. <laughs> and they would pop up with warnings saying, saying, hey, you should take a break. And I'm like, why did you make this? Because you're going to die if you keep using you're gonna it. You're die. And uh, I've done one of those VR with the phone in it gimmicks. Nah, you know, it's super cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I haven't done any of the – obviously, they're, they're getting more and more advanced. And I haven't really checked it out, but – WWE announced this week in a press release that they're teaming up with NextVR, which uh, broadcasts live events in virtual reality. They're going to be producing what they call virtual reality experiences. They're going to be 10 minutes in length, featuring highlights from select WWE events in 2018. And you're going to be able to get the content for free on a new WWE channel within the NextVR app. So that should be very interesting. I'll actually check that out. I will definitely check it out. And in relation to video games, I'm looking for more Fightful.com video game content because, as I told you, I was like, it's not necessarily my thing, but it's somebody's thing, a lot of somebody's thing. And we've got Mike Straw, who's done a bunch of video game stuff. We've got Brian Rose, who still does Nintendo-related stuff. It's yep. one of the the only things we would let him do outside of Fightful. Yep. And uh, 
I'm I'll check this out. Hell yeah, I'll check this out. Yeah, I'll check it out. If it, if it means less travel, if it means I don't have to show up at a place and take in the show, whatever. Well, I thought it was interesting that Triple H posted a photo on Twitter of Vince McMahon wearing that headgear. And the photo looks the way you would expect it to look. This man in a suit sitting in a chair wearing the headgear. You could only see like the bottom half of his face, but he looks completely dumbfounded. <laughs> so oh, that was quite interesting. I'm looking forward. I, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. I'm looking forward to it. Right, right. Awesome. All right, man, let's segue to your last uh, interview You clip. son of a bitch. Hey, <laughs> you took my stupid people segue, all right? You took my stupid people segue, so I'm jumping into your but last I one with Stokely Howe. I, you, I did it seamlessly. No, it was terrible. It was terrible. You said, speaking of weird, <laughs> let's go to stupid people. Wasn't it good. was as beautiful as the transition from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1 to Secret of the Ooze. You're really a massive fan of that shit, aren't you? <laughs> I loved Ninja Turtles. What I is with it. that? <laughs> My favorite Super Nintendo game was Turtles in Time. Oh, I love that game. Time. I love that game. You're just right? hardcore, man. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Okay, so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell some people a little story that I that I shouldn't tell in case we don't get it done. So I got a buddy that's that's tight with Kevin Nash, and I said to Sean off the air, "Do you want me to get you?" Holy an interview? crap! I didn't even make the connection. You didn't for real? You didn't make the connection? Hot dog! <laughs> so Kevin Nash, Nigel, he's like six ten. And he played Super Shredder in one of those Turtles movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you didn't make the connection to that? I can't believe it, Sean. Yeah, Nigel, he was Super Shredder in Secret of the Ooze after he has the, the dock collapse on him and everything and pops up. That's him. And oh. ironically, Seamus ended up being in a Ninja Turtles movie. I haven't watched any of the newer ones, though. Lies. I ain't about that life. Lies. <laughs> Lies. I haven't watched the new ones. I haven't watched one since the, the computer generated when they did. But I love the cartoon, love the video games, and love the first movies. That's when I grew up, Jimmy. That's when I grew up. I, what, what did you all have? You all probably watched Street Sharks or some shit in Canada. <laughs> I didn't know what that is. I did watch Street Sharks, which is I hilarious. <laughs> what the hell is that? It was a show that was on TV when I was a kid. It was like these bark. It was like these sharks. biker sharks. Biker sharks. Talking about evolve, and MLW Zero Hour. He's got a busy weekend. Were the streets underwater? <laughs> I think he's trying to segue. I don't care. Were they underwater? <laughs> no, no. It was just like they were just biker sharks for some reason. Really? They were just these like street tough. So they so they were air breathing street sharks. Yep. Were they wearing leather jackets and shit too? Um, I think they were mostly shirtless, but like oh, they were shirtless. If I, if I remember shirtless street sharks on the street, yeah, but they were they wore jeans though. I'm okay. pretty sure. All right, go ahead. Should we go do ahead. for battle toads? Uh, <laughs> just just press the button, Nigel. Once on an, a post on Ring of Honor Wrestling .com, you said that R. D. Evans is a liar, a thief, a manipulator, a con man, a goof, and a twit. He is now working for WWE Creative. I would just like any comment on that. I don't recall ever saying that. I think that was a misquote. <laughs> I don't know where you got that from. Um, wow. I, I, I mean, it sounds like someone is trying to, like, set me up to fail. That's, like, that's really disheartening uh, to hear, Sean. And the fact that you would bring that up, that's – I mean, I'm appalled. I don't recall ever saying as such Riddle, a thing. As Riddle said when I booked you on our show, I'm doing my extra work, Stokely. Okay. I mean, who sent you that? Because that's – you know, that's a lie. I don't I don't know. That's a complete fabrication. You also have Evolve 98, January 13th. It's a busy weekend for you, right? I mean, yeah, it's a, yeah. all over the place. I mean, it's a busy weekend. week. Yeah, it's a busy week, a busy um, weekend. You know, Evolve 98 
is that's the 13th on Saturday and then Sunday before Evolve 99. It is style battle, you know. And then one of the bigger matches is um, Nick Gage versus Walter, which I cannot wait to see. Someone is going to get murdered, hurt, assaulted. I mean, Nick Gage even called out uh, uh, the owner, Gage Sapolsky, on Twitter. I think this was like maybe two days ago. He was like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know how I'm on the show, but someone is going to get assaulted. And I cannot wait to see it. So who all do you have in your camp for uh, Evolve 98, 99, and Style Battle? Well, Evolve 98, it's, it's uh, I mean, I'm kind of stuck in the middle. And I would say this, this is probably going to happen a lot <laughs> uh, because I have my hands in so many uh, different pots. But it's going to be um, Ring Conf, Timothy Thatcher, and Walter versus Catchpoint, Tracy Williams, and Dominic Garini. So... You know, I'm kind of in the middle. Evolve um, has you billed as being with Tracy and Greeny. That's that's not that's not necessarily true. That's not true. When you look at the graphic in that video, it just says <laughs> with Stokely Hathaway at the bottom. So I plan to manage both teams because, you know, Thatcher was a part of, of the Dream Team. I'm trying to purchase Ring Comp. So as far as I'm concerned, I I, I mean, I'm on both sides, you know, it's, it's fifty fifty right now, so you know we we will see and um evolve ninety nine you have Chris Dickinson in action, you have Jaka, you have Tracy, you have Dom again, and then, as far as style battle goes, I'm just observing I'm just seeing who's there I'm just see how I'm just there to see how walter um how he does against uh Nick Gage, and then you know I'll take it from there. What are some other stables? I think that maybe that's a segment of its own. Stables that you would or wouldn't purchase. I mean, throw some names out there. I don't. I don't know. The, the York Foundation. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I love the purchase. Uh, Titus Worldwide. Oh, um, actually, I don't think. I don't think that Titus would allow that though. I think, I think we'd be in, in negotiations for probably six to seven years. I think, I think we both wouldn't budge. So I don't know about that one. Um, trying to think, I love to purchase, uh, DX, bring that back. Raven's nest. He he spent all that money on that lawsuit. (laughs) He's got to make some back. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. I'm trying to think, Oh, the nation of domination. You could be in that, Sean. You could be the uh, the Ornhart. I could. I thought you were going to say I could be the Jason Sensation. I was like, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> nah, nah, you can be the Ornhart. I'm trying to think who would be. I I think I'd be the Rock. I think I'd be the Rock. I'm trying to think who would be Farouk. I think Jaka would be Farouk. Yeah. Would you give him a picture of himself? <laughs> yes. That's a future segment that that Fightful viewers, listeners can look forward to, where I run down a list of stables that either you would or wouldn't purchase, and you tell me why. But you got this busy weekend coming up. Uh, Definitely encourage everybody to check out MLW Zero Hour. Evolve both Saturday and Sunday and Style Battle on Sunday. Stokely, thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Glad we're back. Oh, and just like that, it got clear again. Yeah, I know. So it was because of the thing you were playing. No, no, no. It's Skype. Really? We just, this is no, just nice because, timing. 
It's because Jimmy Van's heart was growing multiple sizes on that day, like the Grinch. I know what it was. He was talking about being generous, and all of a sudden, the internet connection just, just miraculously. God. <laughs> oh, you got Scott or somebody hacking at the the lines with an axe. I'll see what like, it is. Yeah. You know what? I actually want to tell a very, very quick story uh, because you might find it funny. So during that break, while that while the interview was playing, Sean and I were talking about this random stuff, fridges and all this stuff. And you <laughs> happened to say, you live, you learn, right? Yeah. That's a quote you used. You live, you learn. And that immediately made me think of a story that I have to tell. I, when I started this company years ago, uh, one of my first clients defaulted on a bill, right? And they were not responsive to me and, and, and just deadbeats, whatever. I went to a show in London, England, to a, to a trade show. And I'll never forget, I turned a corner at the show and I looked down the aisle and there he was, right? And I, oh, wow. And I thought, boom, this is my chance. And I went up to him and I started shitting on him and I started basically telling you, this is what you owe me and blah, 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 blah. And you know what he actually said to me when I, when I was telling him, you owe me this and you're this late and all this kind of stuff? He looked me in the eye and he goes, well, you live and you learn. Damn. And I actually looked at him and said, you live and you learn what? Not to work with you? Like, what does that mean wow. in this context? How is that part of this conversation? That's what he said. In my context, it's because I often learn from either screwing up or fucking up or making a mistake. And In your case, it happened. made sense. In your story, it made sense. <laughs> yeah. But in my story, no. when a deadbeat says you live and you learn, as if to oh, say, well, no. it's your mistake because you worked with me. That's basically... No, you know, that, that's, that's when you put Vatura on an Air Canada flight with a ball bat and have her go after his legs. Like, you get, you get your money. You get your money. I could tell you what happened to that person. I'm not going to tell you what happened to that person. All I'm going to say is that person is no longer with us. <laughs> but her. <laughs> really, really makes it seem like you iced her. No, nothing to do with me. Had nothing to do with me. But sometimes karma happens, Nigel. I'm yeah. sure it. I'm sure it didn't have anything to do with you. Nothing to do with me. <laughs> the name of the game in Toronto was loyalty. I learned loyalty. <laughs> Just so you know, Jimmy. I'm loyal. <laughs> Uh, I like this look when he's got both hands up. Like I like <laughs> it. Guy. I like it. I like it. So let's move on from that, and let's talk about how congratulations to Heath Slater. Congratulations, <laughs> because for the first time in your career, Heath Slater, you made Fox News. Congratulations. I, let's just let's just put this out there. He made Fox News a week after he made Fightful for the same story. But it's okay because they at least they at least reference the date of it. So it's okay. They reference the date of it. So Fox News, Nigel, they uh, made mention of a WWE wrestler named Heath Slater who's kind of like a lower card guy. First time he's ever been in, on Fox News, mainstream publication. It was foxnews.com. Congratulations to him. Except the reason Fox News mentioned him was because on December 30th, he was on a flight headed to Miami to do the raw taping, and he got trapped in the restroom when the door lock jammed. That's why he ended up on Fox News. Uh, Curtis Axel was on the same flight with him, and he did what I think you and I would have done, Sean. He pulled out his phone and started recording. Oh, of course. When the flight stopped for trying to get him out. And uh, finally, they were able to get him out. Uh, funny enough, because there's video of it, when they opened the door, he was leaning on the sink in the restroom kind of embarrassed about the whole thing because the whole plane was you know checking it out that's amazing and what did he do he went to raw on the monday and braun Strowman beat the shit out of him <laughs> in, a t in, a, in a tv match so good for him but i thought that whole thing uh, was pretty funny this just hit uh the waves apparently mike johnson pw insider 
breaking the news of a guy that we've reported on a lot, Gabe Sapolsky, signing or, or is due to sign a contract with WWE as a consultant. Okay. Fair. Yeah, whatever. I mean, he's not leaving WWN though, right? I don't think so. No. Also, I wanted to get your thoughts on the teaser of the all-in date, September 1st, 2018. Now, this was curious to me, Jimmy, because yeah. I thought, if anything, it would be a little bit later because of a guy named Daniel Bryan. Yeah. You know what? I will say this. This was actually the last thing on my list today, ironically enough, was talking about that. And I want to say this, and I, I talked earlier about how right now New Japan and Ring of Honor is the is what the cool kids are supposed to like, Sean, in pro wrestling. The cool kids right now, like New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor, uh, they are the Instagram right now, Nigel, of uh, of the you know online world. Not Facebook. Would you say would you say they are the Instagram.com slash fightful online? That's what they are right now. That's what they are. Okay. So I will say this. So so like so, so September first is going to be the date of their show. They're going to be apparently calling it all in. Uh, they haven't announced the location yet. I'm going to guess it's going to be either Chicago or uh, somewhere in California. Chicago because uh, they have the rela- relationship with pro wrestling tees. Plus Chicago is a pretty big hotbed for wrestling. And Ring of Honor is popular in Chicago or California because that's where the Bucks are uh, are located. I think it's going to be one or the other. I, I want to say this. So I give these guys credit for making this attempt. It's going to be a, a 10,000-plus seat arena that they're going to run. Uh, and good on them. But I don't know how this is a massive news story. Like, I don't understand how this is all over the Internet because it's, an, it's, it's, a, it's a one-off show that they're, that they're promoting. And there's hundreds of those a year in the U.S. they're good at it. That's, that's just it. They're good at it's getting be, No, it's because there. it's the Bullet Club. That's why. They're good at making things bigger than what they, what they should be. Yeah. And it's not for till September. Like, how yeah, is this and, even news? See, that, people are asking, like, why aren't you saying that's the date? Because I don't know if that's the date. That might be the date of a press conference for all I it know. It could be because you're right. Like, because I don't know why you would do a show on September 1st, 2018, unless you were straight up told by Daniel Bryan, I'm, I'm not leaving WWE. And Daniel Bryan, I don't know that he's indicated that publicly, but... Yeah, he's a guy that can help fill up 10,000 seats. There are guys out there that can help them. I just hope it's financially viable for them because I want them to succeed. I enjoy so much of the stuff they put out there. I think yep. Cody Rhodes is a brilliant character. Kenny Omega's among the best wrestlers in the world. The Young Bucks, what they do with being the elite yep. is nothing short of uh, brilliant. I love it. Yeah, but, they've been, they've been, uh, I hope they have success. I agree. They've done real well. The Hot Topic thing has gone really well for them too. Omega, I have a ton of respect for, and not because he's another good Canadian kid. He's uh, he's an elite level stud, that guy. So I have a lot of respect for him. Cody, I've always been a little bit gray area on. I don't care too much, but but he's done very well for himself. Don't get did me wrong. Did you see that goddamn crossroads off the apron? He did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Oh my god, it's like Cody Ibushi. I said it to Robbie Radford on our post Wrestle Kingdom show. Yeah. It's like Cody Ibushi was like, "Hey, you, you remember that neck I broke a couple years ago? Right. Let's fucking do it again." <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. Yeah. I did you did you catch our Wrestle Kingdom show? Did I did you? not. Robbie Radford rocked. Well, that was good. A good watch. And it's a nice change of pace too. Like, you know, I don't like to have all the same people who look the same and yep. sound the same and stuff like that. Having a, a dude from the UK, nice change of pace. I liked it, hoping that we can do more with him. Good, man. Very good. Dude. Good, good. Well, that's it for my list this week. You said you've got questions? I do have questions. Let me pull them up. Although <laughs> the Young Bucks just tweeted that the all-in Twitter already has over 10,000 followers. Sold! It's filled up! There you go. Uh-huh. Yeah, because they all have the money to fly to, to this location from wherever they're based. But I, I, I will say this, though. I bet you they do get at least 5,000. They get at least 5,000. 
I I think they can get I think they can get yeah well they'll definitely get that but yeah. what I'm liking is the memes that are coming out like people are putting Daryl Takahashi the stuffed cat on the all in poster thing okay. now like, yeah yeah which is good uh, Chief already asked um, <laughs> all in Bullet Club show where it will be held is he allowing you to expense your travel for that show we have people close enough to that sh- where that show will be I think good answer good answer. Um, who does Shane fight at Rumble and Mania? I don't think Shane fights anybody at Rumble. No. Nope. At Mania? Daniel Bryan if he's cleared. Daniel Bryan if he's cleared. Man. Because that's what, what Daniel Bryan's gunning for. He's gunning for Mania. So That would be a fart just laid right down. Daniel Bryan's back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it feels like they're positioning Shane as a heel, kind of, because he's doing things that are making him irritating a little bit on television. Oh, a lot. Like, yeah. he's at Stephanie McMahon level for yes. me now. Yes. Like, well, whoa, 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 Dude, he's, he's whoa. running out and interrupting main event matches all the time, like, and title matches and all this stuff. Like, he, like, him interrupting and reversing a decision is the new, you got yourselves a tag team match. <laughs> That's what it is now. But at least he doesn't come out with music that starts with, you know, celebrate, da 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 and he doesn't have the smoker's voice, and he doesn't, you know, he's not Stephanie yet. He's not there yet. Where is the person that remixed Vince Russo singing Shawn Michaels' thing? That guy was amazing. We got to get that guy. We had people, I found it uh, in researching the Fightful Moments of 2017, who did the the R-Truth remix with me saying, what's up, you guys? Yes, yes, <laughs> It yes. was a good one as well. Like, there was some overlooked stuff there. If you can find Jeez. that guy, I will do a few, a few lines of that song, just enough that they could uh, get that going. We could do a full album. Like you got, you call it Trevor Strong, and just. <laughs> I like, should have Trevor Strong do Stephanie's music. That's a good idea, man. I'm gonna hit that dude up. I'm gonna hit him up. He's from Kingston, Ontario, Canada. I'm gonna hit him up. And the last question: Do you think Ronda Rousey will be number thirty, or at least in the Rumble? I think she will be in the Rumble. After... I think we're gonna see more surprises out of the women's Rumble than the men's. Oh, I, I, out of necessity, I think. You're going to see more surprises. And, and honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if there are no, you know, quote-unquote guys from the past in the men's rumble. They didn't do it last year. And it depends on if you look at a guy like, do you consider Cena a guy, you know, from the past? Not really. Taker? Yeah. Maybe. Not really. You know? So, yeah, the women need it more. I, I still think Trish Stratus will be in there. I think both the Bellas are going to be in there. I think Lita's going to be in. You think Caitlin's going to be in? So. You think so? And they got a lot of spots to fill. You know, we're working on something with Caitlin right now, actually. Um, somebody says, Sean, tell the the post show tweet story for Monday. Oh, OK, so a guy that runs a competing wrestling website. Uh-huh. Of any significance? I mean, they, they I think they do good traffic, but Cause no, you know, they, Sean, you don't acknowledge the little guy, Sean. Well, they that's the thing. OK, so <laughs> this guy tagged me, tagged Alex, tagged Fightful, and then tagged everybody who was going to be on the Wrestling Inc. post-show, our competitor, Okay, and said, we're going live right after Raw. And I was like... For his for his post-show show? Yeah, and he doesn't follow any of us. Well, he did it because anybody following you, he's hoping to pull him over, obviously. Of course, yeah. but I'm like, dude, we have our own shows. Well, that's what like, he's banking so, on. That's what he was banking was, on. Well, I don't think – I'm, I'm going to say this. I don't think he's bright enough for that. So you don't think that was intentional? You thought he was just an idiot? Yeah. 
lowest common denominator type of stuff. Did you nope. did you look at the view count for his show? That that show wasn't good for that show. No, wasn't good. Hmm. Wasn't good. All due respect to our competitors. I maintain nice relationships with everybody. I left negativity in 2016, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me see. You started with us in July, so I'd say you left it by Q4. <laughs> I did. I did. I just don't like that. I don't like to go at people on Twitter anymore. Maybe maybe Q2 of 17. Yeah. Maybe. I'm a ray of sunshine, Jim. <laughs> I can go as far as to say that. I will admit you've gotten better, but at the same time, I can't recall the last time somebody shit on you on social media unless I missed it. Because I didn't address it. It's good, man. You see, I mean, what, I, you see was, what happens when you learn from me, There was a guy Sean? who said that I was racist because I didn't like a Naomi promo. And did you go off on him? I wouldn't say go off. That on means him. yes. That yeah. means yes. No, I wouldn't say go off on him. I think he embarrassed himself so much that like I was like, guys, this is what this is what happens. And then he ended up getting himself into a situation where he had to hide his tweets and all that stuff. So. I saw a tweet today, and I had to chuckle uh, where there was some British woman that had tweeted, uh, I guess, to her followers, uh, trying to decide whether or not to uh, cook some porridge or to just have cereal. That's basically what she said. Some guy responded and said, you are a fat feminist cunt. (laughs) (laughs) And to her credit, and to her credit, and this was the best part, she responded to him. She responded to him and said, boy, this guy must really not like cereal. I'm going to be honest. Listen, listen. I hate to advocate this. I hate to advocate this. Good answer, I thought. Good answer. Yes, Good response. I hate to advocate this, but only cunts eat porn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. But I just, that's what you deal with with social media. These are the kinds of people you deal with on social media. Uh, you know? And her, her response was, because was, there's no answer after that. You no, know what I mean? That's exactly what you're Perfect do. response, yeah. Well, yeah. you all won't deal with people like that on our social media. You can follow Jimmy and Jimmy <laughs> Bates or me at Sean Ross Sapp. We have that contest going on over at Instagram.com slash Fightful Online. I found two random copies of Fire Pro Wrestling Returns on PS2. I'll probably give them away somehow. You still got a PS2? You can play it. We've got a ton of stuff. Were those blockbuster rentals, Sean? Huh? Were those blockbuster rentals? No, I, I've had like three copies. I don't okay. know how. I just okay. ended up with So I was going to say, we're, uh, at the very least, peel off the blockbuster thing from the back first, will you, before you... Well, I bought them from GameStop, new, never opened one of them, uh, and the tag was still on. I was like, ah, son of a bitch. But we got books. We got all kinds of stuff. And, of course, we have tons of content over at Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, FightfulMMA.com. Use those forums. I want to see you guys in those live discussions as well. I'm going to be there every Monday Tuesday during Raw and SmackDown and pay-per-views. Jimmy, you got anything else? Uh, no, we're losing your feet again, so we got to get off the air. But I, I was in Vegas. Hot damn it. <laughs> I went to Vegas. I went to a Vegas yeah. Golden Knights hockey game. And I got to tell you, would not have thought hottest hockey crowd outside the playoffs I have ever been a part of was watching was watching a regular season Vegas Golden Knights hockey game against the New York Rangers. That crowd was insane. Hmm. It, was a, it was a very interesting experience. 
Man, I guess that kind of like a lot of the people had said, "Oh, you can't take a pro sports team to Vegas. It's all tourists. They're not loyal enough. Stuff like no, that." Oh, it's a massive it's ticket there. Well for them, right? Yeah, I mean, it, the T-Mobile Arena is basically they say off the strip, but it's on the strip. You just basically just you know leave one of the casinos. It's right there. But I was actually walking through the airport wearing this hoodie, and a woman working at like one of the shops actually yelled out, "I love your love your uh, hoodie." Like they've definitely got a fan base. That's incredible. So, good for guys. Them. Make sure you follow us. Visit Fightful.com early and often. Until next time, guys, we are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.